1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. I had a message from a previous Christmas communion. And a lot of times when, uh, when I first get up in the morning, the Lord speaks to me because I'm quiet, I'm still. He, he's more likely to speak to any of us when we're quiet, we're still, than after we get our mind filled with all kinds of things. And so uh, this is going to be a little different take on the Christmas story this evening. In recent days, Sue and I have been observing the coming together from our perspective here on earth, the two giants in our solar system, Jupiter and Saturn. They actually converge, and that is from our perspective on earth, because even when it looks like they converge, from our perspective on earth, they're 455 million miles apart. But they only converge from our perspective every 400 years, and they only converge this perfectly to give off the light they did Tuesday evening every 800 years. Apparently, it was this convergence that led to the birthday of Jesus being set at December 25. And apparently, it was this convergence five cycles ago or 2,000 years ago that caught the attention of the Magi or wise men from the East. And the message this evening is the wisdom of the Magi. Matthew 2, verse 1, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi, wise men from the east, came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him, which of course was nonsense because he was a king of this earth threatened by the promise of this king from heaven and he wanted to kill him. Verse nine, after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of frankincense and of myrrh. 
And having been warned in a dream to not go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. And of course, we know that the Christmas scenes with the shepherds and the angels and the magi all coming together to worship the little baby Lord Jesus in the manger are incorrect because it took time. It took time from the time the Magi saw that star to make their pilgrimage. It took time from the appearance of the Christmas star for the Magi to make their journey to Judea. And this is why Herod had all the boys in the vicinity of Bethlehem two years old or younger murdered. Verse 16, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled, a voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. The point I want to make this evening is this. The Magi are called wise men, and they are called wise men because they studied the celestial bodies and noticed this unusual convergence we have come to call the Christmas star. But may I suggest that the Bible also calls them wise men because when they came before even the toddler Jesus, they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. I submit to you this evening that wise men still seek him. Wise men still worship him. Wise men still open their treasures to him. And wise men still present their gifts to him. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What is frankincense? Frankincense is made from the resin of the Boswellia tree. It typically grows in the dry mountainous regions of India, Africa, and the Middle East. When dried, the sap is burned as incense, and it's thought to have various medicinal purposes. Frankincense is also used as a flavoring agent in foods and as a fragrance in soaps and lotions and perfumes. I know that when Sue and I have purchased frankincense, the real stuff, to heal rashes, the real thing is incredibly expensive. What is myrrh? Myrrh is a natural gum or resin extracted from a number of small thorny tree species of the genus Comifora. Myrrh resin has been used throughout history as a perfume, as incense, and also as medicine. And then, of course, gold. Now, I bring this up this evening because we have had a very good year. I was surprised... I was able to do it in such a volatile year, but in all of our accounts, I managed to beat the Standard & Poor 500 by 24%. And as I have told my family, not only does Sue and I double tithe on our gains, but we also cover the tithes for all the gains in Austin's retirement account, Christina's retirement account, and all the grandchildren's brokerage accounts. And we have had a very good year. So that's a lot of money. Now, the Lord woke me up, or when I woke up, I'll say it that way, when I woke up, I felt like this was a warning, and maybe that's why we have this crowd here tonight. 
Tell your neighbor, I thought I came for communion. Because for the world out there, 2020 has been a year of curse. But for us in here at Faith Christian Center, 2020 has been a year of the Lord's good favor. And these wicked people are enjoying their 15 minutes of fame. And they are not going to give it up. So if you think we're going to cross over a week from Saturday and it's all going to be normal, you have been seeing too much of your drug dealer. (laughs) And I say without apology, the same way we needed the Lord in 2020, we are going to need the Lord in 2021. So my point is, it's been a very good year. And we need to square it up with the Lord. Are you hearing me, church? We tithe on all of our gains because we want to be blessed next year. We pay tithes on this year's gains, even in our retirement accounts, because I don't want to to owe the Lord anything. And this is not a week of increase, but this is why we have got to pay attention. And this is why... I'm constantly working to build up taxable savings and I'm constantly working to multiply taxable savings because I can't pay tithes on retirement accounts out of retirement accounts because I'd get taxed and I'd get penalized. So the only way I know to... Now, if you know of some other way to do it, write me, email me, call me because I'd like to know. But the only way I know to tithe on the retirement accounts is to have enough cash in the taxable accounts to pay the tithes. And we tithe on all of our gains because, well, let me say it again, because I had a good 2020, because this church had a good 2020, we want, we want to have another good year in 2021. Amen. But then also Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. I don't want one good year. I want a string of good years until the coming of the Lord. And then in the King James, it says, I love it in the King James, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Say it out loud, all thine increase. All thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy Presses shall burst out with new wine. So my point is, since the convergence of Jupiter and Saturn happens only every 400 years, and since it happened, appeared five cycles ago at the birth of Christ, and since Jesus said, Luke 21, 25, now get this, Luke 21, 25, there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. So that's happening. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. That's happening. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. That's happening. 
At that time, they will see the Son of... What's the next verse? At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing nigh. Now, nigh to the Lord doesn't mean what nigh to me means. You know, four Thursdays ago, when I woke up, he whispered to me, it won't be long now, but won't be long now to the Lord may not mean what won't be long now means to Gene Lingerfeld. But I know this, I know this. I know we're 60 years closer to the coming of the Lord than the year I got saved. I know that. You know, I just finished going through all the epistles and Paul was expecting the return of Christ in his day. So I know we're 2,000 years closer to the coming of the Lord than Paul's day. I know that. Maybe we shouldn't allow ourselves to get behind on our ties. Maybe we ought to be like those magi, those wise men, and bring Jesus his gifts while we can. Everybody say, while we can. And maybe another thing we'd, be, we'd better concentrate on since we know that these are the last days, maybe we'd better concentrate on walking in love toward our brothers and sisters in the Lord and not using them. I'm doubling down on being a blessing. Amen. In Matthew 22, Jesus was asked, which is the greatest commandment? And, and while I'm speaking, the ushers are going to be serving the elements. Matthew 22, 36 Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So all God ever really wanted from man was for man to love him, love God, and to love his neighbor, to walk in love toward his fellow man. That's it. That's all God wanted. And look what Jesus said in John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now notice this isn't a New Testament suggestion. It is the commandment of the New Testament. The law of love is the New Testament commandment. Jesus stated it this way in Luke 6.31, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So literally, we shouldn't be doing to anybody anything we wouldn't want people doing to us. Walking in love is a decision, and walking in love is an effort. Now, if you come to me after service and tell me walking in love is not an effort, I'm going to think you either came in from some other planet or you're lying. Because some people make walking in love an effort. Maybe not in your world, but they do in mine. It takes daily spiritual work to walk in love. It's a decision. If you'll study Mark 11, James 3, James 5, and other passages, you will conclude that faith simply will not work where there is unforgiveness, grudge-bearing, keeping records of wrongs, or tearing your neighbor to pieces with your tongue. Galatians 5.14 says the entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. The law of love is the New Testament 
commandment. Paul wrote in Romans 13, 8, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another, for he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. That's a huge statement from the Apostle Paul. He who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law, the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. You know, Sunday we honored uh, a police officer who's retiring and has worked for us for a number of years. And I know we have a lot of law enforcement here this evening. I mean, think about it. The only reason we need law enforcement is because people don't walk in love. And what is not walking in love, basically stated, not walking in love is using other human beings. Now, I'm not talking about making a profit. I'm talking about using people. There's no place for using people amongst us as the children of God. Again, I'm not talking about making a profit. Everybody understands if I need something and you're selling it and you sell it to me, there's a profit to it. We all understand this. But that's not the same as lying about it or charging twice what something's worth or taking advantage of people. And, and the reason I'm emphasizing these things is we have another year of nonsense ahead of us. And we want to be just as blessed in 2021 as we have been blessed in 2020. Amen. Say it out loud. We want to be just as blessed in 2021 as we have been blessed in 2020. Amen. And part of it is, you know, you got you to gotta pay attention to how you're treating people. And there it is. Love is the fulfillment of the law. So the law of love is the New Testament commandment. Say it out loud. Out loud. Love, love, walking in love, walking is, in the love. is the fulfillment of the law. Say it again. Love, love walking in love, walking is the fulfillment of the law. Of course, there are people who abuse this. They will lie to you, cheat you, and steal from you, and then demand that you walk in love. And so it took, really, it took a couple of decades, but I, Sue and I finally figured it out. How in the world do you handle these people that lie to you, cheat you, and steal from you? I mean, they, they tell tales on you, but they know enough Bible to demand you walk in love. Now, maybe you never came across them, but we have, and it took decades. I'm, I'm ashamed to admit, but we figured out how to handle it. You know how you handle it? Avoid them. <laughs> then you have no trouble walking in love. Amen. And notice the language of the Apostle Paul, love does no harm to its neighbor. Now, walking in love doesn't mean I got to go do something with somebody. It just means I have to do them no harm. Amen. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So I think we would all do well to commit ourselves to walking in greater kindness in 2021. I think we would all do well to walk in greater graciousness in 2021. For to do so would be to imitate our Father God. 
2020 is like the year of ungraciousness. I mean, I've been, a while, I've been alive a while, and I don't remember ever going into supermarkets and being screamed at by complete strangers. I mean, the world has lost their mind. And so we have to just make a concerted effort to not lose our mind with them. And no matter what crazy thing people are doing, we need to act like God's people. And be kind and be gracious. And, and while you're getting away from them. <laughs> while, while you're getting away from them. You know, be kind and be gracious. And because there are so many abusive people out there, one of the most effective tools I've ever found of forcing myself to walk in love is simply limit my exposure to toxic people. That's what I do. I limit my exposure to toxic people. Amen. You know, when you go to the dentist office and they x-ray your teeth, why, why do they put that lead thing over you? Now, it doesn't look like lead. It's vinyl, but it, what's inside the vinyl? It's lead. They're limiting your exposure to something toxic. And that's what we have to do. Amen. Amen. So love your neighbor and discipline yourself to walk in love toward your brothers and sisters in Christ especially. If you want your... Your prayers, if you want more of your prayers answered in 2021, commit now to do a better job walking in love in 2021. Study your Bible, Mark 11, James 3, James 5. Faith simply will not work in an environment of unforgiveness and grudge-bearing and tale-telling. So... This is not the last service of the year, but it'd be a great service to take all that, ask the Lord to forgive us, confess it as sin, and throw it overboard and determine we're not carrying that kind of behavior into 2021. Amen? Amen. So then let's receive from the Lord's table, Matthew 26, verse 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat, this is my body. Of course, these were controversial statements back then. And of course, the Pharisees and Sadducees didn't understand it. But now we understand clearly that Jesus gave himself up for us. We understand clearly, 1 Peter 2.24, with his stripes we have been healed. When they put him, when they, they tied him to that whipping post and they they tore his back open and his legs open with a cat of nine tails. We understand now. They didn't understand then, but we understand now that he gave his body as a sacrifice for us. Now, we're in Matthew's gospel. We're not in Paul's writings this evening, but we find out in Paul's writings that if we will approach the Lord's table with a right heart, it can actually bring healing to our bodies. Amen. If we've committed trespasses against one another, well, we ought to confess that and make that right. Amen. Now, don't write an email or write a letter. Do not document your sins. 
But you know, when you have an opportunity, you can say to somebody, you know, the Lord impressed upon me that the way I spoke to you or what I did wasn't right, and I want to ask your forgiveness. Amen. And you don't have to do that before you receive of the Lord's elements, but you can determine in your heart to do that. And I don't know about you, but I hate doing stuff like that, which is a huge motivator to not sin against people. Because I hate going around and asking people's forgiveness. So the best thing to do is just don't, just don't do it. Just don't sin against them. Then you don't have to ask anybody's forgiveness. But sometimes we do. Sometimes, I had to ask Sophie's forgiveness uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, somebody might say, yeah, but you know, you're, you're who you are. And that's just a grandchild. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. That is a sister in the Lord before the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So how we behave toward others matters. So my point is, as we bless this and partake of this, as we close out 2020, it's not the last service of the year, but it is Christmas communion. Let us believe God for total, complete healing in our bodies. When, when I read that letter that... Uh, the first letter that Sue wrote, the first letter that Sue read this evening, I'd forgotten about that. I'd forgotten about that, that God has done miracles through my life that he has not yet done in my life. Well, I don't know about you, but I think that that ought to stop happening. In other words, whatever miracle God's done through my life, well, he ought to do in my life. So everything we've been putting up with in our physical bodies, why can't we just believe God right here, right now, as we partake of the Lord's table to receive healing in our bodies? Amen. Amen. And be done with it like we're done with 2020 and go into a brand new year healed from the crown of our head to the soles of our feet. Amen. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. So Father God, we... We have these little unleavened wafers and they're not the body of Christ, but they're symbolic of the body of Christ that was broken for us. And we know what the word says. We know that Jesus took up our infirmities and he bore our diseases. And we know that with the stripes of Jesus, we have been healed. So father, in the name of Jesus, I bless you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. And as we partake of this bread, father, God, let us receive healing in our bodies from the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet, in Jesus' name. Shall we eat together? Then he took the cup, gave thanks. You know, if Jesus was incessantly giving thanks, maybe it would be a good idea for us to build that habit into our lives. You know, a, a couple of Sundays back, we dealt with the miracle of the loaves and fishes and the feeding of the 5,000 and then the, the other miracle, the miracle of the loaves and fishes and the feeding of 4,000 plus men, I mean, plus women, plus children. And on both occasions, he gave thanks. And you know what he did? He gave thanks when there wasn't enough. And I've met a whole lot of people in my time and they were waiting to have enough to give thanks. That's not the way miracles work. Miracles happen when we give thanks and we don't have enough. Amen. 
And Jesus, the Son of the living God, gave thanks. And if Jesus needed to give thanks, well, maybe we need to give thanks. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And then he says, I tell you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. And so that day's coming. After the parousia, the Latin Vulgate, the word in the Latin Vulgate is rapture. After the coming of the Lord, we will have what is called the marriage supper of the Lamb, and we will eat together, and he will partake of the fruit of the vine. But he has not done so in these 2,000 years. He's waiting for us. He's waiting for his church. He's waiting for his people. Hallelujah. And we have all these signs going on around us. I told my family before we came out here, all that's going on in 2020 is grooming and getting this generation ready to submit to the Antichrist. If the Antichrist says, uh, stay in your home, they're all going to stay in their homes. If the Antichrist says, wear a mask, they're all going to wear a mask. If the Antichrist says, stand on your head, they're all going to stand on their head. If the Antichrist says, take this chip in your wrist, they're going to take the chip in the wrist. This culture is being groomed right now for the end times. But not me. Because Jesus said, when these things begin to happen, look up and rejoice, for your redemption draweth nigh. Hallelujah. So, Father God, we thank you that we are not of those who have no faith. We thank you that we are not of those who are lost and undone. We thank you, Father God, we are not of those who are slaves to their sin and natural thinking. We thank you, Father God, we have come to know Jesus, and we have been born again. We have been made new and alive in our spirit man, and we have taken the time to study your word and to renew our minds to your word and to strengthen our recreated spirit man. So we are not distressed in these days. We are encouraged in these days because we know that a great and victorious future is what lies in store for us. This world may be headed for a dark winter, but not us, Father God. We are headed to bright and happy days when we are joined together with you in your Father's house. So we give thanks as we partake of this fruit juice, which is a symbol of the blood of Jesus. We give thanks. And we thank you, Father God, for the cleansing of our sins and the purification of our lives from all unrighteousness. In Jesus' name, shall we drink together? Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I believe it's a glorious day to be alive. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, 
You are born again, and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.